Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome back to the Believe in Pitt Football Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, former All-American. Bill Stahl, former All-Big East quarterback at the University of Pittsburgh. Jerry DePaula, beat writer for the Pitt football team and former All-American Scott McKillop. Big game this week. Pitt is coming off of a bye week. Time to rest, sometimes some time to reassess, some time to figure things out. But coming off of a bye week, heading to Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Going to be an interesting game, guys. I mean, you got the Virginia Tech Hokies who had a very close game last week against Notre Dame. Um, Pitt, like I just said, is coming off of a bye week. And sometimes, and in, in, in Bill and Scott, bye weeks can be good for you or they can be bad for you. They can kind of crush the momentum you had. And obviously Pitt has had some good momentum heading into the bye week. So, um, your, Bill, your experience from a bye week pers- uh, perspective, how do you think this is going to fare for the Pitt football team heading into Blacksburg this week? From, from a player standpoint, I mean, I would love to just keep rolling because I'm I'm very I'm very much a a rhythm and momentum quarterback, and I love when when our when our offense our offense specifically in 2009 when once we got rolling, uh, very very few teams could stop us consistently. So that I'm not really a huge fan of of bye weeks as far as that because it does crush momentum. It does leave certain things stagnant for a week, especially if you were to come off of, of a losing end of a game and then you have a bye week. That's a tough pill to kind of swallow for for a week and a half, two weeks until you until your next game. Uh, so but from a coaching standpoint, based on the teams, if if we're a little banged up, then of course I'm I'm fully going to take advantage and spin that to to our advantage as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, Scott. I mean, bye weeks. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we had like two bye weeks whenever we were playing. Now they have a bye week. Uh, you know, last week, and then they'll have a game on Thursday, and then they'll have a little mini bye week where they have the weekend off. Scott, what is your uh, you know recollection and memory of you know the bye weeks that we had while we were playing, and in, in, in how that could negatively or positively affect the football team? Well, one thing that I can remember is, you know, without really looking at the schedule, I, I would be willing to think that we lost a lot of games going into our bye week. So those are um, very uh, adv- not, not advantageous for the players. So anytime you win going into a bye week, it makes things a little bit easier. So I think that's, uh, that was big for the players. And I think it's big for the coaches. You know, it's an opportunity for them to regroup. It's an opportunity for them to go out and recruit and maybe catch some Friday night games they haven't been able to catch. So there, there's, a, there's a many different ways to look at it. But, you know, I think Pitt's relatively healthy, minus their offensive line, some bumps and bruises. But, you know, I, I think the bye week happened perfectly for Pitt. I think that, um, you know, you can't really lose or win on a bye week. It's kind of like your status quo. So, you know, I, and I, I know Narduzzi is going to use whatever he can to uh, – People are disrespecting Pitt or whatnot, but I, I think it was big for Pitt, and and uh, you know this is a huge week. I know every week's huge, but this is huge for him. Jerry, do you get bye weeks at the Tribune Review? 
Absolutely not. I was working last week, even though it was a bye week. <laughs> you guys were talking about bye weeks, and I just happened to look it up. Uh, the 08 and 09 teams that you guys played on, uh, you had a bye week after the Buffalo game, second game of the season, and you beat Iowa the next week. In the 09 season, you were on a roll midseason, right, right about this time of year. You beat South Florida, uh, and then the next and then you had a bye week, and then the next week you crushed Syracuse. So your momentum wasn't stifled at all. In the, either either one of those two seasons, well, the '08 season was early in the year, but '09 you guys were, were, were it was like the eighth or ninth game of the season, and uh, you still ended up winning, beating Syracuse, and the next week you beat uh, Notre Dame. So, uh, you, you know, it, it, the bye week to me, it, it's nice to get those guys to rest their bones, you know, their their weary muscles. They have some their aches and pains are sore. They got a chance to go home and see mom. Hey, that, that's important these days, and I, and I think that's how they use it. You know, Narduzzi made a point. Like somebody asked them, you guys are going to get together Saturday night and watch Virginia Tech play Notre Dame? He says, no, no, I'm going to let those guys do it on their own. They see enough of my ugly face you know, during the season. So, uh, And they did. We asked a lot of players this week, and they all said, yeah, we watched the game, but we watched it as fans. you know." And then the next day they came in and they analyzed the, uh, the cut-ups. Believe in Pit Football Podcast is presented by Bet. Online And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the, our promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus for football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, DePaul's debris. Jerry, you were there this week. Um some sights and sounds, you know, Narduzzi, uh, you know, coming into the meeting, coming off of a bye week, hopefully refreshed and kind of reassessing where they're at as a team. You know, you had some film of Georgia Tech. You had some ACC film of going against the ACC team. Um, it's time to reflect and reassess and then, you know, head into these bulk of games. What was Narduzzi like? I mean, uh, what was his uh, swag? What was his uh, his his persona about him? I mean, I know he had that quote about – not getting any respect. Well, yeah, he didn't have any swag. And, you know, Pat very seldom comes in with swag. Uh, he's not that kind of guy. But he, I, I think in the back of his head, and he, he's not going to say this, and, you know, it's tough to get him to, to say things he doesn't want to say. But I think he understands this pit team is special. And he also understands that there's no guarantee they're going to end up with a good record. Uh, it's the kind of record that pit fans want. But he, he feels, I think he feels a little bit of the pressure. I think it's only natural that he would. Any coach in this position, seventh year in the program, all of a sudden he has a quarterback who's being talked about in Heisman circle, Heisman Trophy circles, and 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 wide receiver Jordan Addison, probably the best in the country, or one of the best in the country, leading the, leading the country in touchdowns with nine. Um, yeah, you know you, you don't want to mess this up. You know you got a good thing going, and he doesn't want to mess it up. But he did make a remark, uh, you know, that Monday about four and one team gets no respect. Well, that four and one team lost to a MAC team, Western Michigan, that lost to Ball State, and also gave up forty four points in that game, you know, and couldn't stop uh, something simple as an RPO, and you know, maybe an RPO isn't simple to stop, but they couldn't stop it, and now they're four and one instead of five and zero, oh, and they would be ranked. 
But, you know, they got six voting points the week before. They got zero this past week. Maybe because they didn't play. But you know, Narduzzi is, you know, is like that. I, I could tell a story from last season. Uh, last season, I was a voter in the AP Top 25 poll. Um, I'm not doing it this year, but I'm doing basketball instead. But uh, he was a, I was a voter last year. In preseason, we were doing a Zoom interview. It was before the first game of the year, the Monday before the first game of the year. And Pitt had not received any votes in, in the preseason poll. None. Not even others getting votes weren't even listed. Uh, and somebody said to him, Pat, what do you think of that? And, you know, some, some other reporters said, what do you think of, you know, the national uh, AP not giving you any respect, any votes? Yeah, I don't worry about that too much. And then, and then the guy says, well, the guy who the Pittsburgh guy who votes, you know, in that poll is sitting on this Zoom call. And immediately he perked up. He says, who's that? Who's that? So I raised my hand just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Jerry, and I've known Pat, you know, since 2014, uh, but he said, Jerry, why? And he was really stern about it, too. I think he was half kidding, but I think he was also pretty much serious. Why didn't you vote for us? Well, I explained to him. I said, the year before, Pat, you know, you guys didn't finish that well. They lost to Miami late. Uh, they lost to Boston College in, in a game. And when Boston College fired its coach the next day, uh, you know, they ended up winning a bowl game last year, last year, that year against Eastern Michigan, you know, big deal. Uh, they ended up eight and five, you know, again, big deal. And then that was after when, when we did that, that polling, our votes had to be in. That was after Jalen Twyman had uh, opted out. So maybe the people were percep perceived Jason Twyman as their best defensive player. He was gone. So I didn't vote. I didn't vote them in, in, in the top 25 and neither did any of the, my 61 other colleagues didn't vote for him. And he took offense to that. And I guess he kind of does that, you know, for his team's sake. So his team knows he has their back. And that's, I understand that. But I, he wasn't happy about it. And he, well, he's not happy what's going on now. You know, he's he's four and one and he's, he's riding high. And uh, he'll probably keep it up and end up with a pretty good season at the end of the year. Uh, but uh, there's a lot to prove yet. And and, and I'm, I'm afraid that uh, you know, the, the defense may not be able to hold up and get them to that ACC championship that everybody wants. But you know they got they're the favorite to win it. You know he's talking about getting their respect. ESPN's uh, Football Power Index gives them the best chance of winning the ACC, not just the Coastal Division, but the entire ACC. You know, and, and that's that's quite a quite a thing to say. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I, I get a feeling, maybe I'm wrong. They're gonna blow out Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech's coming off a Notre Dame game, a lot of emotional game and a close game, and uh, they're not that good to begin with. Their quarterbacks are banged up a little bit. Uh, their defense can be had. And they gave up 30 points to, to, a, to a Notre Dame team. Is, I think just an average Notre Dame team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, Pittle will, will blow out. You know, we'll at least cover the five-point five point spread, uh, and then they'll end up uh, who knows what happens. And then comes and comes into town after that, and, boy, that would be a heck of a win. So we'll see what happens. Scott, Pitt is 4-1 right now um, with wins over UMass, Tennessee, New Hampshire, Georgia Tech. Scott, in your eyes, is Pitt worthy of a top 25 spot right now? I would say right now, no. But, I mean, here's the thing, though, and, and I know disrespect this and, and whatever. Rankings really only matter at the end of the season. I, I know it's good right now, makes you feel good, but, you know, strength of schedule and who they played, I mean, you can you can say the same thing for Penn State. Like, is it – has Penn State justified a top 10 ranking? I mean, who have they played? So, I mean, you, you can play devil's advocate for both teams, you know, and, and I know we're only covering Pitt, but, you know, I, I don't think 
with that bad loss against Western Michigan. I think if Western Michigan would have won last week and not lost by 20 points, then I would probably say, yeah. But, I mean, you know, what are their big wins? And they really haven't had one right now. So, I mean, you know, I, I look forward to them to continue to prove me wrong and everyone else wrong. But, you know, we'll see. And, and you know, I, I tend to believe with Jerry that I, I think, you know, I don't know about blowing them out, but, you know, I, I definitely see Pitt covering the spread. And you know what? Pitt is good out of the bye week under Narduzzi and Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, that is one stat that uh, has caught my eye in the last two weeks is their ability to win after the bye week. And, you know, I know we're harping on bye week a lot and the positives and negative negatives about it. But whenever you're heading into a week with one of one of the enough, if not the best quarterback in the country, um, I like your chances. You know, I like your chances, whether you're home or away. And they've proven that they can take care of crowd noise. They've proven that um, they could play in a hostile environment this year at Tennessee. And I know Tennessee is Tennessee, but they're not Alabama. But it's still a hostile environment in the SEC. So uh, coming out of a bye week. And them winning, I think, is crucial. And they have the right uh, ammo to do it. Look, guys, you know, at the end of the day, I know we do these shows every single week. And I know we try to analyze Pitt. We try to go uh, in different directions as, you know, a normal podcast would go. Because, you know, we have a guy who's there every single day, um, you know, at practice. It has the interaction with the coaches. And we have three former players. So we kind of have a unique skill set here of giving our perception of the team. And my perception of this team right now is as, is if that they have to win right now. Like, they have to win Saturday. They have to win next Saturday. They have to win the Saturday after that. They have to go and beat North Carolina on a Thursday night at home. Because if they don't do it now, I, the, the window is closing. You have, like I said, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You're not going to have that ever again. Like, I, I mean, it's a – like, when, when are you going to have – one of the best quarterbacks in the country on your roster again. Yeah, you might have some great quarterbacks. You may have some competent quarterbacks, some good quarterbacks, but you legitimately have a guy who is being talked about holding that, well, I don't even know, what is it, metal? It is whatever. It's a heavy freaking uh, uh, item in his hand. He's talked about, about honestly winning that. If you don't win now, then the window is shut. So it is very crucial every single game every week for them to prepare Right. Bill, we'll head into your segment 40 and five with Bill Stahl. And, you know, it seems like uh, Mark Whipple is starting to find some confidence in his team and especially his offensive line. Um, you know, you saw against our Georgia Tech that uh, the running game started to get moving a little bit. And it seems like Mark Whipple is uh, finally settling in on who his guys are and who his unit is as the offensive line. Yeah, Dorn, I, I took away a few things from you know, Narduzzi's press conference and I'm put my media hat on here for, for a few minutes here. Um, and also took away some, some good positive things from, from Whipple as well. Uh, and, you know, he was talking about the confidence in those guys up front in the running game. I mean, some of the things that, that we've been critiquing on pretty, pretty hard as, as far as the running game aspect and, you know, seeing some glimpses of a solid running attack, you know, last week. And I, I know, you know, Narduzzi said he's not going to have a one and two guy or anything like that. He wants to make sure, you know, no one gets upset because they're the second or what, whatever. 
But as a play caller, you know exactly who the hell you want on that field for this play or that play pending the situation. Um, but the fact is that I'm excited and it makes me happy. At least he's saying that he is getting more confident. And this is something that, that we've all har- we have all harped on, and I know I have too, of how much – I guess easier it it makes the life of a play caller when you have a successful running game. Uh, so th- those are the a few things that, that I took away from from Whipple's um, press conference or, or his interview, uh, and was also talking about some things that I think our our listeners might not fully comprehend. Uh, scramble dr- scramble drills scramble rules. Uh, and that's that's something that, you know, whenever the quarterback gets outside of the pocket and Kenny has has a great ability of being able to be athletic and extend plays. And now that he's a super senior and, you know, he has all the, the keys to, to the car and he's able to do everything when he's out of the pocket, there's there's certain things that go on on the other end of the field with his receivers and. It, they're not continuing to run the play anymore. Whenever he jumps out of that out of the pocket and he's running and he's trying to make make that first guy miss, which he has the ability to do that. But now he's he has a smarter head on his shoulders. Where where Whipple was saying he's loving the fact that he's not taking as many hits. He's understanding down and distance. Like hey, it's third down. Uh, there's no need. There's no point in even trying to run the ball. To, to do anything because you, you can't get that first down. So why, why take a hit here? You know, those are, those are some of the little detail things that i talked about previously uh, in, in this series of podcasts of just the details of going good to great. And I think we can all agree on in order for Pitt to maintain greatness, we need number eight as our quarterback on that field for every single play. Uh, so with him being smarter outside the pocket, but then getting back to the scramble, rules you know Dorn you can help me with this as well uh, as a receiver if you're the what the closest guy to the ball your job is to go straight down the field is, yes. is that right you're right and then you're everyone right. else everyone else who's away from the quarterback it's like a levels come a beeline straight back downhill towards the quarterback creating some type of separation from your defender correct well, I, actually I think it's the farthest guy that is a way you turn up the field. The second guy, you're going to run like the over route and be in the middle of the field. And then the closest guy is just going to run to the sidelines, kind of push Coming up a little d- bit. Yeah. And, then, and yeah. I mean, point I is, the, the great <laughs> thing is. We know they, whenever we're out there, who is who. We know how to do yeah, it. Right. And and the, and you know who else knows how to do it? And have done it very, very successfully and with zero mistakes thus far. That is the pit offense they have been able to extend plays and and literally just change the play whenever Kenny gets out of the pocket. And they know, based on this drill that we harp on every week that, that Whipple's been talking about, uh, these scramble drills, they've just, just thinking of out-of-the-pocket type plays. And, I mean, we, we can go back to a Tennessee touchdown pass, I, I believe, of out-of-the-pocket you know, scrambling to his right and guys just getting open. Well, there's a reason there's there, 
there's a, a way to go about doing those things. And, and it's obviously uh, contributing to, to the success of Pitt right now. Well, you know what? This brings up a great point about the scramble rules and being on the same page because I truly believe, and I like making references and comparing a lot. Um, I truly believe that next door, uh, where the pit practices and, and does all their things, next door, Ben Roethlisberger isn't the same player because that's what where he made his money his whole career. Whenever he extended plays, he had guys like Heinz Ward, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown that were on the same page with him that knew that whenever he extended the plays that one was going deep, which was obviously Mike Wallace. One was in the middle of the, of the field, which probably was Antonio or Heinz or vice versa. Those got, That's why – Ben Roethlisberger was so good all those years of his career because he could extend plays. He was big. He actually was mobile and he could get out and find guys. And it was kind of, it kind of almost gets like backyard football a little bit, but it's, it's, it's strategic backyard football, but it is like backyard football. It's like, all right, the guy I'm, I'm running an over route and I'm the top guy and there's a flat route underneath, but I, I'm still the top guy. And the guy's like right on my hip. And then, you know, Kenny Pickett rolls out or Bill Stahl rolls out and I look at his eyes and then I just, Boom, I, I put my foot in the ground. I turn up field. The defender is not going to realize that, and he's a step late, and then that's where you score or you get a big play. So that is a comparison that I think in my mind of Ben Roethlisberger and kind of what is not happening now because obviously he is 50 years old and can't run. But um, that is a great asset for the Pitt football team and Kenny Pickett. And you look at a guy like Jordan Addison. I mean, he benefits off of that. You saw how the way that he is after the catch – where he catches the ball, his vision is insane. You know, he could run those routes where he's coming over the field and he's like looking at Kenny. Kenny's looking at him and he knows the guy's low and one guy's in the middle. So, all right, I'm going to turn up and I'm going to do this and that. So it's all about being on the same page. It really is at the end of the day. And that's what football's about, right, guys? I mean, football's about being on the same page. It's about communication. Um, it's about knowing one another. And, you know, Jerry um, – knowing one another and even as coaches uh you know knowing your players and players knowing the coaches and what they can handle and what each each other can handle and that's how you're a successful team well one of the most impressive things that kenny pickett did uh in the georgia tech game i thought was a pass to lucas kroll right before the, the touchdown pass where he was you know flushed out to his right he was watching the line of scrimmage he was watching the sideline but he kept his eyes upfield and he found Lucas you know for a big big completion and and I think Lucas you know was following him and trying to get himself in position to make the catch and I think that goes back to all the times that they were been together since January of 2020 when when Lucas first first came to Pitt as a transfer from Florida you know Kenny Pickett was almost his best friend they were working out all the time together and they've been working even though Lucas was injured last year they've built a, a rapport and a relationship that helps them make plays like that. And those are the kind of things that the pit in the last couple of years just hasn't had with their quarterback and wide receivers. You know, uh, there's a, there's a great wide receiver, a good, right. A very good wide receiver core. Uh, I don't want to call it great yet. Uh, but, uh, in, but I, I'll call the quarterback. Great. I'll stand here right now and call Kenny Pickett a great quarterback. And I don't know if I'd vote for him for the Heisman just yet, but uh, I I'd sure give him a lot of consideration if he keeps playing like this. Hey, Bill, doesn't that sound kind of familiar about the, the relationship, you know, in the offseason and stuff? And somebody actually asked me the other day, like, how much, like, onus and how much, like, should, like, a fan put into, like, guys hanging out together? And I think maybe Narduzzi was asked the same question, too. Like, guy or, – or maybe, no, actually, it was Mike Tomlin. He was asked this question in his press conference this week. You know, how much do you put into guys, like, being together and, and knowing one another and spending time with one another? And it, whether it's – I mean, going to the mall. 
I mean, you know, something little like that means so much in sports. And I, I, I don't know what Scott thinks about it. Uh, he may have a different outlook, but I totally believe in that if you're playing with a unit um, in all sports, if you're playing with a unit, it is important to know how somebody is all the time, off the field, on the field, in the film room, um, you know, at night, whenever you're just hanging out, it is important because you, 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 you garner that rapport and that will come out on the field. Scott, how, how much do you put into guys uh, spending time with one another off the field and that being an effective tool for playing together on the field? Uh, you know, I, I think you see it more offensively than you do defensively. Not that, you know, I never hung out with my D linemen and my DBs, but, you know, you always have that one or two receiver that's always boys with the quarterback, whether or not, you know, there's a rhyme and a reason behind it. But, you know, you have to develop that rapport with your quarterback. I mean, they, they, they got to – you got to know when, when what he's doing, what he's thinking. I mean, like you said, you know, when the scramble drill and – you know, you, you, you gave Bill that look. You, you knew exactly where he was going to be, when he was going to be. It's it's almost like, you know, you're, you're a step ahead of him. You know, and the same thing with your offensive lineman. You always see, you know, that that quarterback that's really, really good friends with the center. I mean, I remember whenever I played, you know, what, well, I mean, I didn't really play. It was when I was uh, young. But, you know, Tyler Palco, man, he, he was extremely close with um, I think Joe Villani. You know, and, and I remember, you know, Bill was close with uh, when Vangus was there and then, you know, Rob Hauser, um, Bill was, Rob was the center, right? Or, yep, my senior year. Yes. Yeah. With, you know, the person that you're involved with. And know when, you know, when the going gets tough, you got to believe and trust that they're going to be there and, and you know they're going to be there. there. There can't be any second guessing about it. But it, it's, it's all brotherhood, you know, and it's, you know, it's why coaches always preach to try and hang around people on the team because, you know, you're, you're, you're less likely to get in trouble or, you know, you, you can watch out for each other. Uh, I'm, go ahead, Jer. I was going to say real quick, that's nothing new, though. I mean, uh, you guys played together, all three on that 08 team, and here you are, you live in three part, three different parts of the world, and you're still good friends. I mean, that, that's something that uh, I think, you know, I've never been on a football team, but I think football players seem to, you know, keep together during while they're playing, and they stay together in all these reunions that they have. I remember my, my, when my son played at Seneca Valley, they, they used to love to go to those reunions. Uh, they they had all the time and and it, it's 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 something that you build as you because you, you're there every day and every day going through all the adversity and all the sweat and all the pain and you, you sort of brotherhood and I think that's been something that's been going on ever since football has been they first kicked it off. Oh, yeah, I feel like I have the most luxury for that because you know I was in a meeting room with Scott McKillop every single day for a whole season. Then I was in a meeting with Bill every single day for a whole season. So like knowing the relationship and that you have to create you know, with your unit, as what I said before, like, you know, we were an offensive unit, Bill and I, we weren't the tight end unit. Nate Byam and I had a great relationship, but when I played linebacker, Scott and, and Adam Gunn and all of us, we had a great relationship. You know, we just knew the mentality we had to take. Look, guys, my dad was a coach, high school coach for 30 years, and this is a ridiculous, um, I don't even know what you call it, whatever in, in English, not a, an, it's a saying. Um, he used to say, to me, when I was in college, he was like, if Bill takes a crap, you should know it's Bill taking a crap. You should be able to smell Bill take a crap. He was like, that's the relation. I know it's ridiculous, but like he used to literally say, he's like, he's like, if there's six people in a stall and, and Bill's taking the crap, you don't know Bill's in there, you should know that that's Bill taking a crap. Like that's, that, 
That's you, know what he had for, you know what he had for lunch. Right, right. It's like you should know him in and out like that that well for you guys to be on the same page. Like that was his point, you know, and I just – that always stuck with me because I'm like you could have used way better things. Like why well, can't Bill like play a certain song when I know it? Like, like come on. Like, but – you know, it's, it's good relationships are important, obviously, but a bad relationship. If there's guys on the team, especially key players on the team, that aren't getting along, I mean, that's that's what you got to tear its good team apart. And I don't think you know your team had that problem at all. And this team, from what I can understand, this team doesn't have that problem either. So I, I think that they have that that is intangible going for them. Well, I I think there there's a few things that there there's two words that go into it. Uh, Number one is the the selflessness of, of the team aspect. If when you have guys that actually buy into like wanting to be a top notch program that we wanted to be, we wanted to actually be a part of something and not just waste our effing time and playing football in college and then that, that's it. We all had you know like mindset of trying to go to the next level, but then how to do that was literally saying, looking at our brother to the right and left of us, Hey, I need you to block this play. Hey man, I need you to block this play too. You want to do this together and win some games and do some cool stuff that we, we realized that we needed each other to do it. And Jerry, there, there were guys that didn't, that didn't really like each other. I'm, I'm going to be honest. There, there's a lot of guys that didn't quite like each other, but we respected each other football-wise enough to to be on our A game. And and of course, a lot of us were competitors to where I know I didn't want someone playing my position when I know I could be playing it myself because of lack of preparation or, or what have you. So uh, a lot of guys wanted to obviously play and work their tail off and be a part of something. Uh, from a selfless manner, but also the the respect of. I know you're a beast at football. Let's let's go win some games. The respect is the friendship is important, obviously, but the respect, football wise, respect is what good what great teams really have. And you know, we'll see if this team has it. And I think as we go through October, November, we'll find out. Like, I I know that I've gone off on a tangent a little bit, but like is like. That's why football is the best sport, I believe, on earth, is because you can have a black guy, you can have a white guy, you can have an Asian guy all on the same offensive line, and you look at each other as like, we got to get this play. We got to get, if it's third and one, we got to get the first down, right? Like, you I all need band, you. I need you. It doesn't matter you, what you look yep, like. Yep. It doesn't matter who you are. But when you step on the field, you play as one. And that is why this game is the best game on earth. That is why that. Absolutely. Some things go on in the country and I just like, you know, sometimes I can't comprehend it because I'm not used to that. Like I'm used to just like, all right, let's get a job done. Let's do it. And no, we'll move on. All right. We are going to move on to Mad Dogs with McKillop. Um, Scott, um, quarterback situation for Virginia Tech, you know, Burmeister, is he going to play? You know, he's their best option. He's not much of a thrower. He can run the ball. Uh, He does make some mistakes. Their backup quarterback is injured as well. What uh, should Pitt look out for with uh, Virginia Tech's quarterback situation? Well, I, I think the biggest thing, and I'm not sure if anyone's mentioned it yet, but has anybody looked at the forecast for Saturday in Blacksburg, Virginia? Not yet. Um, it, I, last time I looked, I think it was a 60% chance of rain, which, you know, could factor heavily into the game. And obviously, you know, that's I think being a, a weather forecaster is the only job where you can be wrong probably 80% of the time and it's still the, not get It's the best job in the world. 
It really is. Yeah, yeah. You can be wrong all the time. It doesn't matter. And, 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 and you and you still have your job. But you no, still I mean, have your job. You know, I I was remembering, um, you know, when I was on staff, and you know, when we played down there in Blacksburg, and you know, I, I think that was the first year that uh, down there. But you know, um, Narduzzi's defense had a whole bunch of sacks. You know, and you know, Virginia Tech has had a a, a quarterback carousel. I think two players transfer in the off season. You know, I, I, I think their quarterback serviceable. I think he can get it done. But, you know, he's not 100%. And, you know, honestly, you guys can attest to it. The only time you're truly 100% is the first day of camp. After yeah. that, you are no longer 100%. So, you know, I, I think he's going to have to manage the game. I don't think he's going to win the game. You know, and, and, and I know how physical and I know attacking the defense is going to be. And I know Narduzzi, you know, might not say it on paper or want the media to hear it. But, you know, I I don't want to, you know, take a page out of Greg Williams, but there's going to be a bounty for that quarterback. If, if you can knock that quarterback out, and that can be said for any, any team, if you can knock that starting quarterback out, you're, the success rate of you to win is going to be extremely high. You know, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, I, I know um, offensively in the past what, what they, they do is, and Narduzzi mentioned in his press conference, is, you know, they do like to show some exotic, unbalanced formations. So that, that, that's going to be very important, you know, for them to identify who the eligible receivers are, who has that, you know, and, and also it, it adjusts your run fits. You know, your, your, uh, your, your, your pass um, responsibilities dictate your run fit. So it's, you know, like, like any game, it's going to, you know, uh, boil down to fundamentals, you know, tackling the ball and, and, you know, getting pressure up front with the defensive line. I, uh, I looked it up, Scott, uh, 64 degrees, 60, 60% chance of rain, and winds at uh, 13 mile an hour. I don't know, 13 is not that high, but it's not going to be a great day. And it wasn't a great day two years ago when they lost 28 nothing down in Blacksburg. I think the last pit team to win in Blacksburg was a team you were with, right, Scott, in 15? Because they lost in 17, too, when they couldn't score from the one-yard line, right? Correct, yeah, because I, I think, you know, correct if I'm wrong, they might have had, like, I mean, I'm probably exaggerating here, but they had a lot of sacks. I want to say it was probably in, in, in the teens. And, um, you know, it was a, uh, a typical attacking defense. You know what, guys? I uh, was going to have a surprise for you, but it kind of fell through. Um, I think there's a guy who played for Virginia Tech that does podcasts. He's on some TV shows now. I was going to have actually have a Behind the Enemy Lines segment with uh, Michael Vick. Uh, but it fell through. So uh, I think he does podcasts with Believe with our yeah with Believe uh, our uh, podcasting uh, champion here. So Network, yeah, um, that would have been pretty cool to pick Michael Vick's uh, brain, wouldn't it? I mean, just an all time great. And uh, they've had a lot of great players that come out of Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, even his brother Marcus Vick. Uh, you know, a bunch of players throughout the history of Virginia Tech. It's always been a close game with Pitt and Virginia Tech. You know, even going back to, like, when I was little, watching Larry and Rod and all those guys play at Virginia Tech in the old Big East. Um, you know, this kind of rivalry has been reinstated in the past couple of years, and uh, Pitt is uh, up for a challenge, regardless of, you know, the stature of the game. Uh, Jerry thinks they're, they're going to blow Virginia Tech out. But Pitt is definitely up for a challenge, and this is a game where it could really tell how the season's going to end. Am I not? Am I not speaking the same language? I'm with you. I'm with you. I I definitely think that this we're going to see 
really what type of uh, legit football team we have. And because now the, the, the individual talent per, per position is, is going up in, in a dramatic form, in, in my opinion, from the last five teams or so. Uh, so now, now we're, we have to truly capitalize on opportunities. I mean, I'm talking like we're, we're catching the deep ball, for, for example, very well. We can't have guys open down the field and then we drop one or two. You know, th- those things where we can't quote unquote pit it in, in those types of situations. These our margin of error. I mean, th- these are these are games where the little things, if we don't do those things, uh, it could be a steamroll effect. But I'm gonna stay on the positive side. I'm not being negative, Nancy here. Got to stay on the positive side. I, I, I think we're absolutely going to get the job done, uh, clear, clean, and and decisive, in my opinion, offensively for sure. Uh, but it, this is definitely going to going to be the beginning of a storyboard of a uh, a new seven game season here, gentlemen. I, I just I just I pray that it doesn't come down to a field goal because we, we know who has the advantage there, unless Chris Blewett or Connor Lee's going to come out and kick a game winner for us because uh, I, I think special teams are definitely in the favor of Virginia Tech. All right, guys, let's go around the horn real quick. And uh, one thing Pitt needs to do to come out of this game with a win. Jerry, we'll start with you. Well, I, I think uh, they have to get their defense in sync. And, and it was starting to get in sync against Georgia Tech. And I think uh, uh, the guys are healthy. Uh, it doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, Savasia Dennis is playing real well. Uh, I think that defensive line is playing real well. Deslin Alexander, you know, who who was hurt throughout all of training camp and has just started to play now the last few games. It uh, looks like he's going to, you know, have good uh, a good streak for the uh, stretch drive. So the defense is going to have to come up big. And, uh, and, and I think Scott's right. They need to sack the quarterback, maybe not put him out of the game, but just may have him put the fear of God into him a couple of times and, uh, you know, sack him maybe four or five times. So and I, I did earlier that Pitt's going to blow them out. I mean, I think maybe they just cover the point spread. We'll say uh, Pitt uh, 30, Virginia Tech uh, 20. How's that? I like it. Uh, Bill, how about you? I'm going offensively. I'm saying we, we can't have any self-inflicted wounds. But like, like I was saying, we can't we can have drop balls. We can't have penalties on, on a third down that make it third and friggin' impossible to where we know we're going to have to punt. You know, the, those types of things that, that destroy momentum building drives. We can't have those things and we haven't. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing a continuation of that versus a, versus a better individualized talent, uh, talented defense uh, from a defensive side. Um, we have to continue pressure up front. We, we have to get to the quarterback. Uh, if it is a rainy day, uh, these guys are going to be, you know, v- VTech plays to pit strengths and, and, you know, they like to run the ball, you know, those, those types of things. And we can, we can do that. And if we're going to continuously play that man cover four type of thing, um, I, I would much rather someone hand the ball off against us than try and do that RPO stuff and bombs away type of thing. So uh, I'm, I'm going a little more of a blowout than Jerry, I guess, uh, with, with my pick here, uh, with my numbers. I, I'm saying Pitt's still going to get over that 40 mark. 
Uh, so I'm saying 42-24 Pitt. Scott? Well, I'm going to kind of go completely different than, than um, Bill and Jerry. And, you know, and I, I think the weather's going to be a big uh, factor in the game. You know, I, I think they're going to take a page out of uh, the old Beamer ball. And I think special teams is going to be huge. And I think Pitt's going to come up with a couple big plays of special teams, whether it's a, uh, a block punt or, you know, a, or a big return on, on punt return or kickoff return. And I, I think it's going to be a little on top. But I, I, for some reason, I'm feeling Pitt 17, Virginia Tech 10. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be very limited offensively. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, that Pitt's going to get it done. But, you know, there's no such thing as a bad win. And, and, and my uh, outlook for the game, um, you know, in life, you have to, you have to learn to, to use things as fuel, right? I mean, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, like turn it into a positive. If it is a negative, if it's a positive, make it even a more positive. And right now they are being talked about as a team that could win the ACC, a team that could run the table. One of the best teams in the country, even though that they're not ranked, which is kind of odd. I get that. Um, so you could use that whatever way you want to, if you're the pit football team, you can have the chip on your shoulder, or if you're a guy like Kenny Pickett, it's like, look, whatever, whatever the coaches say about guys, not reading things they do, you know, they, they read Twitter, they read the internet. They know where they're at. Um, that is, it is what it is. Kenny Pickett knows he's being talked about as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Act like it. Go into that game with that swag, with that confidence in you that I am the best quarterback in the country. Yeah, they are right. I'm going to prove them that I'm even better than what they think. So in my opinion is act like you are the team that people are talking about. Act like you are potentially the ACC champion and you'll go in there and you'll take care of business. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but you will always have a chance if you have that confidence or you have that chip on your shoulder. Whatever way you want to do it, just make sure everybody is on the same page. Make sure everybody's communicating as we talked about before. And if it's the chip on the shoulder, then everybody's the chip on the shoulder. If, if it's the confidence and everybody's the confidence. It's not going to be easy, as I said. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be Pitt over Virginia Tech, 24 to 20. In Blacksburg, this coming Saturday, kickoff is at 3.30 p.m. For myself, Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula, Scott McKillop, Believe in Pitt Football, presented by Bet Online. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.